All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the two ugly for keeping podcast, the vodcast version bonus where I, uh, I Nathan Timmel, comedian, uh, speak with my good friend, musician Barrett Antar Goodwin, now in Philadelphia. Hello, Barrett. That's right. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things happen <laughs> in Philadelphia. And we have friend of the podcast and uh, a regular guest, Andrew Hall on. Hello, Andrew. I'm happy to be here. And yes, I really am this pale in real life. <laughs> so Barrett, uh, I will tell you and anyone watching or listening, uh, we'll, we'll open with uh, an apology to Andrew, to Andy. Uh, he, he asked me to be on uh, his vodcast podcast last Tuesday, election day. And he said, hey, will you come on? We'll shoot the shit. And I'm like, absolutely. And I pulled it up and I was in the waiting room and I saw what I was getting into. And he had this professional news pundit like stats and, and tapped into MSNBC and all the figure. I'm like, I'm out. I, I, I have to cancel on you. I can't do this. I, I am <laughs> up by every single asshole that's out there voting for Trump when this should be a landslide, how you lived under this fucker for four years and are still, I, I can't watch it happen. It just, I have to, I, I've been avoiding it all night. I thought we were just gonna make jokes. I cannot have, and Andrew was very kind, very gracious, let me bow out. And so uh, I, I, again, I apologize then and I apologize again. Thank you for coming to this after I left you hanging. It was a difficult night. And you know, the thing is, is I, you know, it was my buddy Chris's show. I co-host a show with him Monday through Friday, 9 to 10 a.m. in the morning. Yes, that's a cheap plug. And uh, we just decided to do this crazy long stream on election night. We streamed for about nine hours. We started <laughs> off at about nine o'clock in the afternoon. And we went till about one o'clock in the morning. And we had a bunch of people roll in and out. In and, and I think when you were on, we had like three other people on. So Yeah, you did. So it, it was all good, man. It's all good. And I just sit and yelled for, I think, three minutes saying, I can't fucking do this. These people are fucking stupid. I fucking hate them all. Oh, and I, I signed off. So, well, I'm going to let Barrett open this one because uh, he has uh, what I think is an amusing story uh, from your last appearance. Barrett, take it away. Oh, what is this story? <laughs> what, am I what story am I telling? Uh, as far as I know, there's only one story. Uh, Andrew was a guest. We we had a podcast. We talked, and then, oh, my friend sent me a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he. Oh, uh, anybody that doesn't know, Andrew is is an atheist. And last time we were he was on, we spoke about religion and all things uh, religion related. Yeah. And apparently, and, someone thought Barrett's well, soul saving. I mean, it's funny because uh, two people brought up the thing that I said, which was, I really want to have faith. Like, mm -hmm. I really, like, I truly understand. And I'm, I don't want to say I'm envious of the people who have it, but, like, I, I really wish I could take my troubles and then pray and then feel like my troubles were lifted away and taken and I could share them with somebody who is like a close friend of mine, but who's never going to get mad at me for dumping all my stuff on it. Kind of like, you know what I mean? And there's a, there's a level of, 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 of desire I have for that kind of thing. My issue is that having read a bunch of stuff, the Buddhist stuff, some of the 
Kabbalah, what is accessible to, you know, the Gentiles, and um, the high Christian stuff, the Gnostic stuff, and all these other things. I find that all many of them have a similar message, which would, to me, be almost evidence of God, right? Here, God sent Buddha here, Christ here, Moses to this time period, Muhammad to these people, and then gave them a similar message, and then they were able to colloquialize it in some way, shape, or form. But one person actually brought that to my attention and said we, we had a lovely conversation at a gig, but one of my friends, I think, saw that and was concerned about my well-being and sent me a Bible, which I thought was really, actually, it's really kind of sweet, you know what I mean? Like, because most of my friends are like, they say they care, but they're kind of, they're like, oh, wow, yeah, you lost your way and don't know what's going on, and oh, well, sucks to be you, you know what I mean? Sucks to suck, kind of, you know? And um, hold on, I'm sorry. My computer's telling me that I'm saying. All right, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, I think I accidentally said something that sounded like. Oh, like, uh, like, like a personal like, assistant. Yeah, and all yeah, of a sudden the computer starts dictating stuff. Anyway, so he sent me a, a word on fire Bible, which is um, this guy. Uh, Bishop, I can't remember his name, out of, I think, Boston. And it's actually really interesting. Isn't it? Gideon Bible or a King James? No, no, it's called Word on Fire, which is like it's a translation of the four Gospels and an analysis of them, but it's kind of, it's kind of, sent, it's kind of meant for uh, lay people to be people who are like me, and so they can read through it mm. and really understand the word and stuff. And, and I have it and I flipped through it. And it's, it's really fascinating. Like it's a fascinating book and I'll probably spend some time flipping through it and stuff because it's definitely interesting. But it was an interesting thing because as much as, like I actually found it interesting that someone cared enough to do something kind of selfless in an interesting way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in that, I really appreciated it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. again, most of my friends are, selfish pieces of shit who wouldn't do shit for another person. Not really, but you know what I mean? Like, I thought it was really cool that he did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know. Anyway. Well, I, I, I have two thoughts, and I'll, I wanna, I'll, I'll, I'll say, yeah, because I want to throw to Andrew with the second thought, because he's mm -hmm. the resident expert. Um, first thought is, I hear you on Wishing About Faith, because I watched the David Dave Chappelle episode of um, Letterman's show on Netflix, Oh, yeah, and he spoke yeah. to the Muslim, and they talked about the election, and he basically said, "I have to believe it's all in God's hands," and it it, it was really interesting watching him, and yeah. very comforting, and and you talk about wishing that, yeah, I don't have a brain that works that way because to me, right. it's dismissive. It's like, well, it's in God's hands. What are you going to do? And and he said it in a way that was very pure, and I liked that. Uh, yeah. so, one thought is, yeah, I, I wish my brain worked that way. It doesn't. The second thought I have, and this is where I'll throw to Andrew, is the interesting idea of God sent uh, Moses to this time period, Muhammad here, and Jesus here. The thing I find about these religions is the opposite of that, is that they all, I don't want to say build on one another, but so the, the Jewish faith uh, said, okay, this is the way everything is. And then Jesus comes along and says, aha, I have a different idea. And then Christianity is creating, saying like, you know, oh, don't listen to them. Well, we have the right way. 
And mm -hmm. Ahmed comes along and says, hmm, I like what they're saying, but let's talk to Arab people specifically. So now we're different, but the same. And then you have the King James words. It's all tweaking it to control mm -hmm. power the way they want it. And I find that not a godly thing. I find that a very human thing, taking what's yeah. coming for you and just sort of twisting it and saying, ooh, now I have followers. But I mean, but I, I would wonder if, if we speak of Christianity in speci like specifically, was I don't know that Jesus did that. I would argue that the people who came after him did that. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, even Buddha, what I know about the Buddha is that I don't know that he was running around trying to do that. But I think that the, the people who like the humans, like if for the sake of like the next 15 seconds, let's pretend, let, let's say we can all say that something divinity exists for like the next 15 seconds, right? There's something greater than us, right? Once it gets into fallible human hands, all bets are off. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like if you can even, I mean, again, we don't have to go deep into politics here, but like, let's take all the promises we made after World War II, right? We saw the, 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 what we considered in our time period, the height of human depravity, violence, and all this other stuff. We made all kinds of promises and commitments and stuff, and then human greed took over. And now, you know, 50, 60, 70 years later, those promises are long since forgotten and nobody gives a shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, is oh, that I what you mean? Because I, I think of the Marshall Plan and how that actually worked. Well, I, you went. No, what, 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 what I mean is like the idea of no more human genocide, no more cruelty to people, no more yeah, of these. Never. Like, we had a we yeah. had a lot of lofty ideas, yeah. And then and then people got a hold of them and went, eh, fuck that. Do you know what I mean? We're gonna lock Mexicans in cages. You know what I mean? Like or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like 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 I don't know that the initial idea of these things was not noble and genuine and pure and real but what humans did with it became you know like jesus is the king of peace the the great redeemer and they're killing they're they're killing people right they're killing people they're killing the, the children of heretics slaughtering them wholesale in the name of the king of peace and the great redeemer I mean, you know, we talk about your boy, the the pastor who got caught boning the woman who he says reminds him of the Kardashians. What an asshole, right? Like, what a fucking douchebag. Well, let's get into like, that in a second. Let's get into that. <laughs> I brought up that for a very specific reason in my head. Okay. I want to hear what Andrew has to say about religion building. I like what you yeah. said about it's in the human hands, but I also think it can be manipulative because that is in human hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. Came before right. and said, well, I'll just. And, and then it, it goes all the way to David Koresh, which is, uh, haha, I have, I am the way and the light. You know, I have right. the correct interpretation. Absolutely. Um, Andrew, I thought. feel like I was wearing the same shirt last time we did this. No, you had your bad in Philadelphia shirt. Are oh, you mean with Andrew? Right. I don't yeah, I feel like I have the same shirt. Maybe I have the same shirt. I don't know. It's <laughs> you definitely have the same hat. You have the same hat on. I have the I same hat. I, I, still I, totally dig, I totally dig that hat. Anyway, you. <laughs> you know, it makes sense that a lot of religions have similarities to them. Um, it's it's clear that Judaism became much more monotheistic once they got exposed to Persia and mm -hmm. 
Zoroastrianism. So, so they were more polytheistic. They got stuck in Babylon. They picked up some um, influences. They came back and they're like, we are like super monotheistic now. We're just not any other Canaanite group, but we are now super monotheistic. And also there's, there are some similarities between uh, Stoicism, which is a Greek philosophy, and Buddhism, too, about and how to deal with things. And um, so it makes sense that religions would borrow from each other. Um, in terms of edited Bibles, in other words, just having like these four, the, the, the Gospels, um, I would still be skeptical and concerned and and wonder and this is what i wonder whenever someone like talks to me about their faith and this i don't say it out loud a lot of the times but what goes on in the back of my head is who is going to hell can you can <laughs> I, that really seems to be an important point i mean mm -hmm. you can tell me all about love and acceptance and we're all blah blah but ultimately is there a hell who is going there and for how long and just explain that to me, and I'm just going to kick back here and um, listen to what you have to say. That's what I really am interested in hearing from a lot of salesmen and salespeople, mm -hmm. salesmen of, of, of faith. It's like, who is going to hell? Why and don't you verbalize that? What's that? If it's in the back of your head, why don't you verbalize it as often as you could? Well, I usually, what I because there's so many other problems that, that, that comes up. Um, and I want to be polite a lot of the time. So, uh, like for an example, so so when I hear things like um, it's all in God's hands, and I say, so it's all God's plans, but I have free will. So it's God's plan that I make my own decisions, but He knows what I'm going to do, <laughs> and it's already preordained from the beginning of time what I'm going to do. So, but I still have free will. The only one of the few faiths uh, that is actually honest about free will and determinism are the Calvinists. It's a wacky Christian Protestant sect. And they basically say that we have no free will and everything's been predetermined from the beginning of time. And there's a lot of biblical basis for that, actually, um, to say that God chooses the elect from the beginning of time. And uh, the rest of you who don't get selected, sawed off. Tough luck for you. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you know, and also what I wonder about is the idea about an all-knowing, all-powerful deity who sends down instructions that make Ikea look like they know what they're doing. You know, if God was going to make, was going to tell me how to put my new bookcases together, how, how, can I, how can I do that with parables? I need specific instructions, instructions that are consistent over time. I think it is basically that uh, it's the greatest American hero. Uh, we lost half the instructions. We don't know how to use the flying suit, you know, right, right, right. Song, but uh, not much substance. Right. And so, you know, I, I would, I would be, um, I, I would think that even I, if I was an all knowing, all powerful being, I think I could at least make the instructions a little bit more clear. Like, Hey, maybe the gays aren't that bad after all, right? Maybe slavery. Ten Commandments after all. What's that? They're the Ten Commandments after all. 
you know, there's there should be some clause about not raping people. I think that's important. No, that should have made the top ten. It was a joke because the Ten Commandments are, as I think we talked about last time, or I've the conversation I've had a million times. The Ten Commandments are basically, hey, me. Oh, and by the way, uh, killing bad, I guess you know. But the the, the Ten Commandments are basically, dig me, I'm God. A lot of it. Ten Commandments. There is nothing in there about gay being bad. You're correct. So that just came later in the same uh, passage that said no tattoos or is it no cotton clothes or you know all that nonsense. So so for me is that when I'm out in public and I'm talking and interacting with people and um, I need to dial it back because all this stuff can just come out really really fast and people don't hear what I'm saying. They just say, "Oh, Andy's a jerk," and maybe he's a little drunk right now, and <laughs> or both. <laughs> Or both, more than likely. Why not both? So I kind of dial it back and and try to because you know it isn't just about me trying to make myself sound clever to myself. It's about trying not to be a jerk and trying to understand people as well as trying to change hearts and minds too. Well, I mean, I guess the reason I said if it's in the back of your mind, why don't you ask? Because I mean that in a genuine way that you could ask, like, hey, okay, you believe all this. I am genuinely concerned and curious. Who goes to hell? Like yeah. not in a, hey, who goes to hell? <laughs> I'm so smug. But like, ask. I would be curious too. What's interesting is that once I tell people I'm an atheist, it's it, that that's a door that opens and that some people who are really religious really want to talk to me because I'm like, a, they've never really talked to an atheist in person before. And mm -hmm. so they'll start asking me questions. So I don't, I get to kind of uh, play a little bit of defense and um, talk about the things I just talked about without having to like go be right in their face. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses used to come by my house when I was a young man and um, I'd always invite them in and then we would argue. Like I would just love to argue with them and make these hypotheticals and trap them in these kind of, questions that can't be answered and shit like that, you know? Right, right. But they one day said something interesting to me. One of the women who, she was smart, she was older, you know, so she was hip to my nonsense. Like, I could, I could get the young ones with some clever twists and turns, but the older ones, they're more difficult. But yeah. she said, you know, it's kind of like you're in a burning house and you just can't tell. And I'm really here to save you from the burning house you're in that you just can't tell. And I was like, well, again, it becomes like the abortion argument, right? If you believe abortion is killing children, killing babies, like legitimately killing, you really legitimately believe that it's killing babies, it's kind of like, you know, yes, of course, you should march and picket and yell and scream because people are killing babies if you really believe that, you know what I mean? Like all, again, not to go deep in the political thing, but if all these Trumpies really think that the election was stolen, like legitimately believe that, not just pretend believe that to justify nonsense, but really believe it, then it kind of is their duty to take up arms and do something about that if they really believe that, you know what I'll I mean? I'll say right now is that they don't really believe it. <laughs> No, I don't know because, and I, I don't want to go down a political path, but uh, I- You threw as, it out there, Nathan, I'm sorry, and I had to pick it no, up. No, it's fine, it's fine. It's, it's just that <laughs> I believe every single conversation I have that, that involves anything political 
at some point I say the phrase, well, I went to high school with a lot of really stupid people. I mean, that it, it always happens. <laughs> I use them as an example. And I think a, a couple of them really are stupid enough to the point where they think that something fishy happened. Um, they can't put their finger on what because they're just listening to it was rigged, you know, but they, they, without any specifics. So they don't have specifics. And mm -hmm. I saw a very one of them sent me in private in Messenger a very stupid meme, which then I uh, it's it's the Jim Halpert meme from The Office where mm -hmm. it's a split screen. There's two and I, it's a whiteboard. And he's pointing to the top whiteboard, and then on the bottom one, he's like, "See, because it's it's supposed to be the same thing." Or it, it's it's a, and what this meme said was on the top. It said, "It's funny how people who uh, said there was nothing but Russian collu collusion now say that the election wasn't rigged." And I said to him, my friend, I said, "Okay, that meme is actually correct." So I don't know if the person who made it is stupid or if he's just trolling stupid people to get them to forward it, because Russian collusion does not mean a rigged election. It doesn't mean Russia broke into voting machines and changed votes or, you know, sent a thousand, hundred thousand mail-in ballots in, in 2016. It just means that they put out news stories after news story that was fake or elevated to, to sow discord. It was intervention. It's what the CIA had, has done a million times. As far as this election not being rigged, again, yes, there was no rigging. There was no 10,000 dead people voting in Milwaukee or anything like that. So, yes, you can believe that there was Russian collusion in 2016 and that this and then my friend shuts down because he hates being yeah. presented with anything that blocks his, 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 his paranoia and stupidity. And, I, and my, my whole point is. I do think there are people out there that believe it was rigged, but they can't put their finger on how because it hasn't been told to them. All they, they're 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 like Jimmy Buffett fans. They're parrot heads. They're ditto heads. They you know they hear it and then they regurgitate it. And so since all they've heard is rigged, they say rigged, but they have no specifics because there are no specifics because the people in power know it wasn't rigged. They're just being assholes. You know, it's like this term called uh, like a kettle kind of logic is that it's the, well, it was rigged. And even if it wasn't rigged, then he still won. Kind of <laughs> it, 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 it that uh, the presidency was rigged, but all the Senates that are being confirmed, those are fine. All, all the right. Senates that were won on the same ballot, yeah. you know. It, exactly. I mean, and I would also say one, I don't know why you're trying to malign the good name of old Jimmy Buffett. But um, <laughs> using him as an example, I would I would say compliment. Well, let's say that the 2016 election was rigged. Let's just say, wouldn't you imagine that over the next four years, our national security people would take that very seriously and make sure that this election could not be rigged in the same way that it previously was. So even if it was rigged in 2016, I would argue that we would do everything in our power to make sure it couldn't happen again. And we had four years to figure it out if it was, you know what I'm saying? So like, I would say that just because it was rigged, would well, not, you know what I'm saying? Russian interference. That's why I said the meme was correct. It's like they, they aren't right. saying 2016 was rigged. Right. I think the person that was stupid was thinking that Russian interference and rigged are the exact same thing. And I got the ah. point. No, they're not. 
I mean, the, again, we don't need to go down this path, but you would think that if what they use to sow discord in this country was basically race and division and shit like that, we would take eradicating that. If that kind of stuff can be so easily manipulated by by foreign sources, foreign agents, you would think that we would take it a lot more seriously and actually really handle it if we really thought that, because let's say that the Russians did do, let's say that people really did flood Facebook with all kinds of like racist and divisive and all kinds of stuff. Wouldn't that actually be a national security issue to handle then? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, well, again, I think we don't have to go down that road, but just as a thought, like, you think we'd figure out a way to handle that so they couldn't use our own stupidity against us, which is basically what it sounds like. What you're talking the kind of intervention you're talking about is they basically use our own stupidity against us. Basically. Yeah, they did. And, and stupid people bought into it. And that's why. And, right. But I think, as far as using, I think that's what happens now because that's what happened in 2016. And Trump didn't do fuck all for four years. I mean, he had every security agency, every single one saying, this is what the Russians did. This is what they did. We must do something. And he went back saying, Putin says, you know. So now (laughs) I believe is the first step in moving forward to working uh, on that problem. You know, there's the I don't I don't want to be the really negative one here, but that just seems to be my role. I, I've discovered in my uh, 52 years on the planet is that there's no real bottom to stupid. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I, I going to one specific friend of mine. Um, I think I talked to Barrett about this where. I had friends that for four years just posted anti-Trump shit on Facebook as their status. And I would just look at it and say, I I don't know who you think you're winning over. I mean, you're just making you and your follower. But I would try and have, I not try, I did have private conversations with people either in messenger or in person um, where I would just say, hey, okay, I get it. You wanted to throw a grenade into the mix in 2016. Understood water under the bridge. What are you thinking today? Talk to me. And then I would go down a bullet point and send links like off the top of my head when Goldman Sachs, hippie, liberal, give all the money to the poor people, Goldman Sachs. Oh, wait, they're the opposite of that. They're pro- when they said Joe Biden has a better economic plan than Donald Trump. What are you thinking? When almost every signal, single cabinet member from uh, Junior's cabinet said we cannot we have never voted Democrat, but we're voting for Biden. What makes you hold on to Trump? And the response is always, well, I don't know about Democrats. I just don't know. And that's it. They would not respond with facts, no links of their own, no studies. Yeah. Just, just, eh, I've always done this my whole life. Just it's easier not to think. So it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad because, you know, I don't expect, I didn't expect, uh, you know, a 180, but you'd hope for a glimmer, something going on back there when you have a conversation. And when you just get back nothing, just this this, this blank wall of, it's very depressing. You you know, you might find this surprising, guys, but I'm actually an angry person. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I'm I'm comfortable with my anger. And, And when... You know, there are times that I have bumped into uh, uh, Trump people. I, I did door-to-door stuff for Bernie Sanders um, during the primaries. 
And it's like, I hear anger from, from people who are Trump supporters. And it's like, you're right. You should be angry. Neoliberalism. I, I don't use big words like that typically uh, when I'm out and about talking, communicating with people, but, but the system has, has left you behind. You know, when I was growing up, my dad had one job. He had a paid off house. He had two cars and then he had a vacation home in Florida. He worked for the phone company for 30 years. And now Every family has to work. The husband has to work. The wife has to work. And they have to do side gigs too, just to get by. And then they're still in debt pretty much up until the time that they die. That's wrong. And something has to change. Trump is not the answer. Trump is just going to dig you into that hole more. But, but, you know, I hear anger and I agree with you. I'm angry too. I'm angry too. Yeah. I mean, I I would say that I I think that. We could tie this back to religion. Yes, <laughs> let's get I away. I think oh. that um, well, it's political and religious at the same time. God damn it, man! I think that when it comes to somebody like Trump, I think that Trump is ultimately kind of shameless, right? Like he oh, has he has taken people who like he's put people in a position to never have to question whatever kind of fucked up thoughts they have in their head. Do you know what I mean? Like I have all kinds of fucked up thoughts in my head and I try to examine them. Like I try not to validate them immediately. Sometimes I do, but I often try to to think them through and go, why do, is that actually accurate? Like is my thought accurate or am I just validating something because of how I feel or whatever it is? And I think Trump has become they're kind of pussy grabbing cheeseburger eating fat Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that he has become the symbol that says every fucked up thought they have is okay. These people are from shithole countries. These people are criminals. These people should do this. These people can't do this. And he's, he's absolved them of all those fucked up thoughts that they have. And because of that, they need him because there, there's, there's no, there's no education in place to get rid of that kind of stupid thinking. And to make it worse, the liberals, maybe Neo or Oldo, whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. The number one thought that, that most liberals have is those ignorant backwater, whatever eaten such and such is. If they only knew better, if they were only smart like us, they wouldn't think these stupid fucking things. And that's, you know... He said, it's okay that you think these things because these things are actually correct because I think them too. And I think until we kind of get a hold of the fact that as liberals, I'll make the blanket assumption we're all liberal here, right? Like as liberals, the way that we think about and talk about the other is equally as bad and equally as shameful. And this is, again, where I think religion, yes, sir, you in the the front. (laughs) I just wanted to say that to be fair and just uh, for me personally, when I say I want my stupid, I'm very stupid. All I want Mm -hmm. is my stupid friends to just be as least as stupid as I am because I'm pretty dumb. And if they can't even match my level of stupid, that's sad. So I'm not asking anyone to be as smart as I am. I would ask them to, to be smarter than I am. But if you're really dumb, at least come up to my level because I've got an IQ relative to that of a potato. So if you can, <laughs> Mr. Potato, but yes, yeah, a potato. Yeah, no, no, no. Turn up, that would be nice. You know, potato, turn up. 
just shoot past. <laughs> not saying I'm smart and sitting on my 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 uh, my throne. No, I'm just saying, look, right. I'm really dumb, and I can see through this guy. Yeah, I, I agree with you. With them, it has to be it willful. The conversations I have, at some point, it becomes willful ignorance. Yeah. Because I hate right. to think I mean, you are just that stupid. Yeah, I mean it's not it, it's it's not a. It, it, I mean the thing is that it is based on a feeling, right? It's based on feelings, and my feeling at the it's end of the day, what is that? Like, right? like that exactly. That's the one. But what I honestly believe is that we have to do better. Like we just have to do better. Like as a nation, as people, and this again, we bring it back to religion. I would honestly say that if this country could actually become a Christian nation, let's say, for the sake of argument, we'll use Christianity, right? If we have, if we could become a Christian nation and follow some of the things that we say we want to do, it would make a difference. I'm not saying that's the answer. I'm saying that that's a possible way if we just started, like the evangelical church to me is a breeding ground and recruitment center for white supremacy. So like, if that's what it is, how do how the fuck are we mad at the, at the, at the Arabs? You know what I mean? Like we're, yeah. we're, we're, mad, at, we're mad at the Muslims because yeah. they want to go and kneel and act like everything they do is bad. You got smart people running around saying Muslims are this and Muslims, really every one of them is that, right? With no fucking understanding of what Christians have done in the name of Jesus in this country. It's like, how about we just stop? How about we just admit how violent of a nation we are and yeah. then actually start to deal with that instead of sugarcoating everything we do and act like because of what's this, this, this brief period of American exceptionalism was the norm, right? That lynchings and Jim Crow was was an aberration and not the norm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that, and not even just that, just everything. It's fucking ridiculous. So anyway, whatever. I, I will agree with you is that many the evangelicals would want the United States of America to become the Saudi Arabia of Christianity. Right. <laughs> I like the way you put that. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's just true. And, you know, I just want to make an observation, and I'm not the first person who said this. Um, mm -hmm. There are um, so much smarter people writing peer-reviewed papers, but high religiosity in a culture is a sign of a sick culture, to tell you the truth. It is a sign of a dysfunctional culture. Religion mm -hmm. prospers with failed states, whether you're talking about the Roman Empire you know, Christianity spread like wildfire in, in, a, in a corrupt and decrepit state. Um, you look at the Middle East, you know, very dangerous places to be in, poor social services. You even look within our own country and states that are unsafe, states that have low education, states where people are afraid because they're going to become impoverished uh, or they're going to become sick and then impoverished. Those are the places with high religiosity. Those are the people who are really religious. And so I, I would say that a really religious society is a sick, is probably going to be a sick society. I mean, I'll I'm, say that, no, you first. Because one of the things I, I did send both of you a link and I said, hey, let's talk about this. And you brought it up earlier, Barrett. Um, I want to, we can use this to segue into that because the story I sent you, 
I remember the guy's name because I'm not, I don't want to focus specifically on him. It's the larger concept. And I like what Andrew just said um, that made me think of it. So there's a pastor. I think the church is Hillsong. It's a mega church. Doesn't matter. Is it Hillsong? Did I get that right? I got it right. Uh, it's a mega church that um, Chris Pratt and Justin Bieber and celebrities belong to. And uh, recently one of their, 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 their kick-ass dudes got caught cheating on his wife. And so they, you know, you're done. And I thought that was really his wife with a Muslim. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. And I thought what was really interesting is how fast he was just shunned. Um, because if religion is supposed to be about forgiveness, because when he talks about, oh, I failed my wife, I failed my family, it seems, and, and I don't know anything about it, but I just, I, and, and I could be bringing a lot of baggage to what I read. I am probably bringing all my baggage, but it read like lip service. It read like, oh boy, I got my hand caught in the cookie jar. Now I'm going to go down the checklist of what you say. Yeah. And it didn't feel genuine. It didn't sound genuine. And it, it just it was interesting to me that the church, instead of saying, wow, we really failed this member. We need to do better. We need to counsel and bring him back into the fold and help him refine his connection to Jesus. Their response was, how dare you? Get out. And I'm like, well, that uh, oh. didn't Jesus used to talk about forgiveness and redemption? My it's a tough deal in his situation because they they found out because <laughs> um, Mr. Carl Wentz, he, he's the name of the guy that got busted. He actually had his phone connected with the computer at church. Right. And so they saw the, all the hot texts between him and this girl from this uh, uh, woman that he's hanging on the side. And they're like, wow. Hey, anybody out there that wants to cheat, buy a burner. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, seriously. I mean, well, I'll say, let me, let me, I'd like to address one thing and then come to that. Somebody who listens to this, or maybe you know this, Andy, or you too, Nathan, I won't assume you don't know it. Um, My understanding is that before religiosity took over the Middle East, like half the stars have Arabic names, if not more than half the ones that we know the names of, right? Because they were the height of math, a lot of other stuff. And then as religion took over, there was a denial of science and a thing like that. Now, I don't know where else we've seen a denial of science, but it is actually something to think about, right? Like, again, I'm not saying that the two things must go hand in hand, but it does seem that, like, you know, I think one of Trump's arguments was they're going to believe science. They're going to start to use science to prove things. It's like, yeah. "Hmm." And and then Biden tweeted, yes. I will, you know, <laughs> right. the selling point. Yeah. And that's why it's frightening to think that, and, and look, I never thought this this election was going to be a, a barn burner for Biden. I never thought like, ah, ha, ha, it'll be 80-20. I figured it would go, you know, Texas wasn't going to flip, I, you know, Alabama. But I mean, 70 million to 75 million, I, I right. was thinking it would at least be a difference of, okay, Hillary won by 3 million. Biden's got to win by at least seven or eight or something, you know, to make it absurd. Like the idea that 70 million people looked, lived through these last four years and went more of that. Well, you know, we've had 40 years, you know, I mean, I, we've had at least four decades of the country having all these incentives to be um, at least a lot of us just to be mean to each other. Yeah. You know? um, And so I, it's sad. There's no doubt about it. I thought 
Biden was going to win by a wider margin, at least in the Electoral College. But I was wrong. I mean, I was off, I think, by 26 or 27 electoral votes. Uh, where, where are you counting it? Because it's going to probably be Georgia as well. He's not going to get North Carolina. It's a, The funny thing to me about the election is we are recording on Wednesday, November 11th. Mm -hmm. So it's been eight days. And depending on what news outlet you look at, the electoral count is different. Yeah. Because some states have count or some news sources are counting Arizona. Some are not. Some are calling um, Nevada and others are not. Like Fox News called Nevada before CNN and Weird. other, and I think Fox called Arizona and yeah. CNN still has not called Arizona. So yeah. when you see the electoral could be bigger, I mean, he's still got a couple out there depending on what you're looking at. He will get over 300. I yes. think the final tally will be 2016 only reversed 306 to whatever is left. That's over. what I've heard too, Nathan. That's what I heard too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just live in a really divided country. I mean, but that's I mean, obvious. It, but, but isn't that, but I, I think that that's because when people look at something, we see the exact opposite. Like when certain people look at, um, let's say, a war, some people go, yay, we're going to go blow those fuckers up. And other people go, oh my God, I can't believe we're blowing those fuckers up. Right? And other people ask, what is it good for? Right. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Sometimes you see, like, uh, I don't want to use a racial example because it just seems like the lowest hanging fruit. But, like, so I'm trying to think of another one other than the obvious one. I was getting shot in the back seven or eight times. We would go with another example if necessary. You know, people well, like that. It's easy for them. So go obvious. Don't, don't make well, people. But I mean, like, some people say, well, when they see, like, some black dude getting his ass whooped by the cops, they go, that's what should happen. And then other people go, oh, my God, how could that happen? I think this is the problem. It's like we have a nation that is legitimately divided, which I think is actually terrifying. It's a terrifying <laughs> thought. You know, like, I, I don't know how this can work if every election 50% of the people or 49% of the people are livid. And 51% yeah. of the people are ecstatic. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like in the, the, the Bush or Clinton years, it was like that. I don't feel like, I feel like, you know, they're like, well, shit, this is going to suck for the next handful of years. But whatever, fuck it. Like, you know, it I, just is what it is. And now it's like people are legitimately like, like there are people who you see fights. I know people who are like, they would drive by and see a Trump sign and put them in a bad mood for the rest of the day. People would see a Black Lives Matter flag and run up on some stranger's lawn and rip it down. I was like, seriously, dude? You're gonna like, you're like Mr. Tout the Constitution, you know, on somebody else's private property and rip their shit down? Like, how's that? Do you know what I mean? And like, I ultimately had to desensitize myself to this stuff because everywhere I drive around in certain parts of Jersey, it's like Trump Pence, Trump Pence, Trump Pence, Blue Lives Matter support this, do this, do this, do this. And I was like, right, if this triggers me every time I see it, I'm going to have a pretty bad month. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just had to be like, fuck it, I don't really care. Like, and But it just seems like conservative virtue signaling and liberal virtue signaling and everybody trying to go, this is the team I'm on and mm -hmm. the other team is a bunch of idiots.
I, I will say what gives me hope is that there was a ballot initiative in, in Virginia to help uh, prevent gerrymandering. Because what happens when uh, politicians have safe districts, the only thing they have to worry about is being primaried by their more radical yeah. member of their own party. So what uh, citizens did in the state of Virginia was put on the ballot to um, fix districting, redistricting. So what's happening now or what's going to happen is that redistricting is going to take, is going to get out of the hands of current politicians and it's going to go into a bipartisan committee of people who aren't currently in office and they will determine how to redraw districts as it's needed. So it may not be a perfect system, but we don't live in a perfect world. And it's certainly better than having people in power, currently in power, re redrawing districts so that uh, basically they're just safe zones for lunatics and <laughs> that, that no one has to compromise with each other. Right. Well, I mean, that's a little let's put it this way. That's, that's a nice way because I was, uh, I, I, I've known about gerrymandering and I've known about idiotic district lines, um, but even I was stunned, not stunned, stunned, but when uh, blue, blue, blue Austin um, always, always had uh, Republican congressional representatives. I'm like, how the fuck does that happen? And then they showed the map and it's like, here's Austin that's blue and here's yeah. the red, red, red. And they all went, Ch -ch -ch -ch, you know, like they all dug deep into so that uh, every section of Austin was divided so that, yeah, the red side won. So Austin could vote for a blue mayor and a blue president and a blue senator. But when it came to local representation, as far as on the congressional level, mm -mm, they had no power. The, the, the Texas made sure to divide that shit up. Yeah. So in case yeah. you're the, in case people in your state do get involved and organized to do some kind of redistricting reform, uh, please support it. Please sign that that um, signature and put your signature on the paper so that it gets on the ballot at the very least. <laughs> I got yelled yeah, at but, my wife. Um, we we had something uh, on the ballot. I don't even remember what it was, but uh, so I googled it. I, I googled and said, "Okay, what is this thing that I'm voting yes or no for?" And when I looked it up, I said, "Okay, it takes this and puts the power here." Sure, why not? You know, and then my wife said, no, no, that was the governor's idea to do this. I'm like, oh, she's like, well, I guess our votes cancel each other. I'm like, well, at least I tried. You know, I didn't just like leave it blank or, or vote. You know, Because so many times I th that's that's one of the things this has nothing to do with anything. But I just thought of it. I heard this tossed out as voter fraud saying, oh, well, how come Biden won? But re Republican senators still won. And someone pointed out quite rightly that there are quite a few dummies out there that just vote for president and leave the rest of the ballot blank. And it's like, oh my God, yes, I know dummies do that. And that's how you end up with a president with a popular vote and then a red senator in that state because they didn't think to go through the ballot. I went through the entire ballot. I Googled judges. I got the last thing wrong. But yeah, I, I went through my ballot and said, okay, I need to vote on every single uh, judge and initiative and representative. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, like, I can remember very clearly just voting Democrat right down the line. Like, for most of my life, with not even, like, this is actually, which is equally as ridiculous, right? I'd be like, okay, well, Obama and then all these other Democrats. I'd be like, okay, fuck it, I'm done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like people do that, too. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They just vote right down party lines without any research, which I've done arguably every time I voted, other than this time. Do you know what I mean? Did you, like, I, what did you vote this time? Oh, yeah. well, I, I said you were because you just moved to Philly and you said you were going to vote in New Jersey, but I didn't know if you ever actually went back voting. I, yeah, they gave me the mail in thing. Uh-huh. And um, so, you know, but yeah. it would have been nice to vote in Philly. Just yeah. be one of the bad things that happened to that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd have been all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> been a resident for one week and I'm voting. Exactly. But uh, all right. So to tie back to our uh, religiosity idea, um, if if my understanding, and maybe there's other examples other than where as the Muslim religion took over, science became less and less important and the kind of scientific discoveries that argue the people who had the height of mathematics and science and all kinds of stuff at one point, it's now a place that isn't that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder, I mean, is that what you think is going to happen here as we become more and more? Is it already happening? Like, what do you think? Well, I think it's happening. I mean, I have read so many articles that talks about medical advancements and science that are happening in Korea, South Korea and, and, and other parts of Asia and China where they could give a fuck less about religion, you know, where it's mm-hmm. just does this work? Yes. I mean, uh, either of you know where CRISPR was invented? I don't think we did. Yeah, I don't think we did that. But yeah, I, anything yeah, I genetic uh, or that will, mm. it, it's, America's losing stature. And, and the last four years didn't help either because one I thing. Mean, do you think that's because of Jesus or do you think that's just because of American Americans lack, like, like as Americans, we get a, a, a warped view of history. Like our view of history is not only warped, it's largely incomplete. Do you know what I mean? Like it is like there, it is shocking the kind of stuff that we do not know about in our own country that has nothing to do with religion. Do you know what I mean? It has to do with from like kind of there is this kind of um, white theocratic oligarchical narrative. That's a that's a mouthful, I know. Narrative that's just covers everything. It's like the dark side of the force. It's like a blanket <laughs> on the country. And what it does, it tells you that um, you know evolution isn't real. It tells you that global climate change wasn't man-made. It tells you that masks they're just satanic. I, I, I wish I was making that last part up, but there's there's people who think that that face masks are satanic. And it it mark of the beast. How can you not see that? How can you not? (laughs) Can you not? So um, yeah, you know, to to turn things around, to turn things around, it it takes effort, and it takes effort from us, from from everyday citizens, to put pressure on Democrats, as well as you know, people in power, Democrats in power, trying to you know um, protect. Obamacare, for an example, to make life a little bit less miserable for the rest of us, um, to help, you know, basic education, fund basic education. You know, it's a hard lift, but it's definitely something that can be done. But we all have to do it. Well, here, let me before we before we go too far down another path, I do want to answer your question best I can in my limited knowledge. You asked if uh, this has the the 
the the lessening of America when it comes to science and math and all that, if it has to do with Jesus. And the articles I've read suggest, yes, it's it's Jesus and racism. Um, the Jesus part is a lot of what's going on with human genomes comes from the studying of stem cells. And if all you're screaming is that not only is abortion murder, but um, placenta is murder and, uh, you know, um, in vitro fertilization is against God. If, if anything involving babies is off the table, then you're going to lose out on human genetic sequencing. So that's a big problem. And then the other side, the racist side is um, forever. America has been a place for, and let's, let's take a twist on that racism. I'll be, I'll be pro positive uh, stereotype for Asian and uh, Indian, Asian and Asian, Asian, uh, China, Japan, uh, intellectuals, students to come and study, and a lot of them stay. Well, over the past four years, that hasn't been allowed. And even going before then, what more and more of them started doing was coming here, learning, and then just saying, hey, I'm going to take my knowledge back home. This place ain't very welcoming. So that's why you see uh, more advancements happening because they intellectual people used to stay in America and that doesn't, now they're not welcome, or at least they haven't been for four years actively. And before that, they even got a sense that, hey, I got an education, but I should take it back home and, and build up my country. So yeah, that's that's two of the reasons we are losing out is because of race and religion. Hmm. religion. Yeah, I, I I think we're in trouble. <laughs> <That's all> I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, like, again, I, I was really angry about this the other day. Like, you really just, I was really like you guys just angry it's like an angry white guy you know it's crazy but like i'm not angry angry when i'm confronted with it then i just get right <laughs> but like i i mean i said this joke to a friend of mine we we're talking about somebody brought up race i was like god damn it i was tired of talking about race as a white guy is jesus man like i was like just so sick of talking about it but like <laughs> but like I, I feel like those are valid points. Like, I feel like there's something, like we have to figure out a way to do this. I don't know how we can be better. Like, cause I feel like one of my friends said this, he goes, yeah, I got a simple solution. Let's change the education system and wait 20 years, you know? And I was like, oh, right. Like real change might take 20 years, right? Like it might take a generation of people to die out a younger generation of people who have trans friends and gay friends and, and, and people have friends of different races that go to school with them that are really smart and interesting and funny. And it may take that kind of understanding for people when they go, well, hey, this homosexuality is a problem and homosexuals are, and then they go, well, the person goes, wait a minute three of my friends are gay and they're totally cool people. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it may take that kind of slow conditioning that we, but I don't think we have time to wait. I think that this is a self-terminating system. It will self-terminate before we get smart enough. Like, I think that, that the technology is smarter and faster than we are. Do you know what I mean? And like the technologies does, like if Facebook as a silly example, feeds off of hate, right? And the algorithms just beat, right? The, the algorithms that beat Gary Kasparov and all the chess geniuses in 13 seconds, 
are the ones, the same ones you design, that those same computers are designed to make us be interested in whatever it is they want us to be interested in. And they feed off these things. We don't have, we're not smarter than the algorithms and we're going to lose. Do you know what I mean? We're going to lose. Think, I think what we have as, as a real danger or the danger right now is that we do have a minority of people within the country who are losing power, right? People who, you know, this these religious institutions, evangelicals, they're becoming a smaller and smaller part of the country, demographically speaking, but that makes them even more dangerous and more desperate yeah. because they are well-funded, they are organized, and they are angry, and they've been weaponized by by a lot of rich people who don't even hold those beliefs, but they see them as useful pawns. And so mm -hmm. we're in this critical moment right now where a small um, group of people can try to, and this is what you know. A lot of people are saying this is what we're seeing right now. A small group of people, a small section of the country, making a big gambit, making a big run for it to try to take it off, and and that is dangerous. Yeah, um, I'll go the other way and say that I'm somewhat hopeful, uh, if only because, and I'm not even going to try to explain it because it would do no good. The one of the people either not the director, but the, one of the main driving forces behind um, a popular documentary on Netflix right now, I think it's called The Social Dilemma. Yeah, I've heard about it. I, I watched, uh, I don't know, my wife and I tried watching it. It's very cartoony and the information was nothing we hadn't heard before and we turned it off. That said, the guy behind it um, was interviewed on Joe Rogan and I heard some of that. Yeah, I listened to the entire goddamn thing, and it was very, very comforting. He 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 talked about the hopelessness and the evil of technology. And Barrett, what you said about how it is it is designed to make us hate each other, or to believe ourselves, and to to boost our egos and to cause conflict. But he left, and again, I'm not going to try to explain how or why. But he left me, and he left the listeners feeling hopeful, saying all right, this is new technology. Facebook is less than 20 years old. We see what's going on and this is where we act. You know, like it, it's like anything. The, everything in the moment seems like the end all be all. But when you pull back and look at the scope of history, once problems are recognized, it everything is the Titanic, everything. It, it It's a slow turn back to normal. But if we start heading in that direction, we can make it. And it just doesn't feel like it's moving yeah. fast. And I mean, but like, let me ask you this, because I, I agree with you, right? I, I do. Like, I'm ultimately an optimist, right? But if you, do you think that if you had been educated, like, do you think that, like, if after any kind of national tragedy, we had a real understanding of how and why, what led to and what our role was in. And we really went on this idea of not just personal responsibility, but personal responsibility and personal accountability, which I think those two things are intricately linked. We seem to have this idea of personal responsibility, but when we fuck up, ah, fuck it, right? Like, well, I'm not responsible for it. Right, I'm not going to take any of the blame for it, even though I also believe in personal responsibility. Do you think that as Americans, we are like, all right, let's take Japan, right? 
in Japan, they don't have a lot of the same problems we have now for many for interesting reasons. Most adults aren't on social media. It's a thing for children over there. It's not a thing that adults spend most of their time on. They just don't, right? Now, if you have a system in which grown-ass men sit around playing video games all day, no offense to all you guys who play video games all day, just an example, it was something for children when I was a kid. It was for kids. That's who play video games. My father did not play video games, I promise you. Right, he maybe came down and picked up the joystick once and played me every now and then for fun, and then went on about his business. Right, he did not getting the newest Xbox was not important to him. Past the well, there's no Xbox when he was a kid, but you know what I mean. Like, like when like grown people spend their time playing video games and on Facebook and having arguments with other grown people on Facebook. I don't know. Like we might be too far gone, dude. Like I don't like know. You know, some kind of you know. I it, you made me think about Dave Chappelle's monologue from uh, Saturday Night Live last week, and about talking about white poor people being uh, dying fast. You know, their our life expectancy uh, going down, and uh, things not looking too rosy for us and how he doesn't want to make those people feel bad in the same way that he's felt bad. And this is me just paraphrasing basically the last maybe minute or so of what he said. Um, and I don't know where I was going with that, but it really, but, but <laughs> what you just said made me think about that. And um, I love doing that where I have this really profound thought for a second and then I open my mouth and I have nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to try to keep talking because I'll just accept the fact that I just lost it and uh, it's gone into the ether. No, but I, I saw that monologue and I, I remember that moment. And um, yeah, I think that's what it takes is instead of a constant back and forth of neener, 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 it's <laughs> I've been there. I understand you're hurting. You know, just keep moving forward. It's, it's the whole look. I remember, you know, and again, I don't agree with this. I think it's stupid, but I remember like, hey, we lived through Obama, so you got to live through Trump. And it's like, <laughs> okay, it's different. But now we're at the other end, of that, which is great. We made it through Trump. Now you assholes have to th sit through Biden and we'll see where we are in four years. You know, what I was going to say when I was thinking about, about Dave Chappelle, Dave's monologue, is that because, you know, he and I are on, first name basis is that you know the this idea about adults playing video games and hey everyone likes playing video games to some extent Fuck um, yeah. but there is some <laughs> medicating quality to it i think when life is so hard you know when you're out of job when when you're thinking you might not be able to pay rent then um what are you going to hit you're going to hit the bottle or sometimes you hit the xbox i guess and i i think that that it can be a symptom of of uh, of a sick society. Yeah, I'm glad you said hit the bottle because I was just going to say um, when quarantine started, I burned through Resident Evil Four uh, <laughs> in a couple days, which I hadn't played in years. I hadn't played it in years, but I I forgot how good it felt. Like mm -hmm. video games can be an alcoholism where yeah. it's an escape. It is just there is nothing bad going on in the world. You've mm -hmm. just forgotten everything. You're just sitting there. It's you, the controller, the zombies. And and it 
it, it, it can be wonderful escapism now, like anything with the alcoholism. It can be like, okay, I play, you know, 30 minutes a night if I don't have kids in a life or I play for, you know, like after they go to bed for 30 minutes or, and it can also be like, it can, you, you have, um, fantasy football widows. You, it can be worth an addiction where my, my wife told me, she said, you know, I really, you, you love football, Nathan, but I'm glad you're not like this person who went to Thanksgiving and sat on the laptop and ignored everybody just doing your stats. Anything that is an escape can become an addiction. So I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with video games. I think there, I think it's like anything, anything has the, the ability to be good or bad, depending on the person using the, the tools. What's interesting about this pastor that was caught uh, bringing it back to the Hillsong guy, Carl uh, Lentz is uh, the girl that he was banging on the side. She made a comment that they were, it was a COVID relationship. In other words, yeah. that if they weren't in lockdown, if they didn't have this pressure, they wouldn't have been hooking up mm -hmm. so much. And what made and I was thinking about it, it's like this guy, Carl Lentz, right? He he strikes me as a performer. And I've talked to a bunch of different performers, and I think that um a lot of people manage whatever anxiety or depression that they have on stage. And if they cannot do this, like this guy, right? He probably managed a lot of whatever stuff he had by performing in front of people. And all of a sudden he can't do that. So I, I think I think this kind of um, maladaptive behavior, I think we would call it in the field, just bubbled up into him hooking up with this girl and going crazy, basically. Well, I, I, I think we should start wrapping it up. But I, I think that uh, with him, I did read a quote where it might be less what he was dealing with and more that he said what he was specifically dealing with was his ego that he used to stand on stage and be king shit talking Jesus. And he didn't get to do that. And this woman made him feel important again. It's like, I think it was a lot of ego. It was a COVID hookup. But oh my God, I'm so depressed. And I take out my stuff on stage. It's like, Hey, I miss my stage and the ego of people looking at me while well, she'll fuck me the way my wife doesn't. And you know, so it, but I, mean, it, like, I, I would wonder, I wonder if he was aware of that before it happened, right? Like, because to to what you were saying, Andy, like, I didn't understand how much music was therapy for me until I couldn't do it three, four, five times a week. Mm -hmm. I didn't actually understand how much it stabilized me because it had just been a normal part of my life since I was 15 years old. Not gigging, but since I was 20, 21, 22, gigging pretty much three four times a week non-stop yeah. for a few decades it's like that's just my life like i didn't really know and then when i found out i was like why am i snapping at people why am i arguing more why am i looking like this why am i you know eating more putting on weight watching tv all of it like what the fuck am i doing with myself but it was because i just couldn't i but it took me kind of going down that quote unquote dark path to then see that it was because I wasn't able to do this other thing that had been this great release for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, I had no clue until I was confronted with it. Like, I, like literally, I just thought music was just not, I mean, I know I love it and it's my passion and stuff, but I didn't also understand that it was my therapy too. I didn't really get that. Yeah. Or maybe it's self-medicating, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I will say this to address something else that you guys said. 
this is something Nathan and I have talked about briefly, but I understand white people's irrational fear about of black people because I was driving, I was, we were in Woodstock doing our, our writing retreat, a band hang, I suppose, the other day, and um, we're working on the new thing. And so I was driving and I needed to, I was driving by myself and I needed to pull over because I needed to like text a few people, send out a few emails, and then look up a couple things. I just couldn't do it while I was driving. Normally I would just steer with my knee and do all that shit, but couldn't do it, it too much, right? And I saw like, said, oh, there's a parking lot. Saw a bunch of white dudes in pickup trucks. I went, nah, I don't want any trouble. And just kept on driving. And now I was like, oh, as I was, as I was saying earlier, I'm like, that's not an okay thought. Let me examine that. Is that actually valid or am I just being ridiculous? And I was like, oh, I'm just being ridiculous. But I still didn't pull over, right? I was like, this is just nonsense. Like, I'm sure that most white dudes are just normal dudes living their lives. But I was actually afraid. And in that moment, I kind of got it. Like, I was like, oh, this is what white people feel like when, not all white people, obviously, right? But this is what some white people feel like when a group of black dudes is walking towards them and they lock their door and black dudes get offended. But I was like, you know, it's irrational, but. You know, I, I, you know? I, I have two thoughts. One, when I was performing regularly, you know, when I was doing more performing stuff, I did some spoken word stuff. Uh, I, I have a, a couple of stories about white people acting badly, like, like badly. And uh, funny, <laughs> funny, you know, they're funny. Don't get me wrong. Sad, kind of disturbing a bit. And, um, and two, so, so I want to say there might be some basis in what you're feeling. Um, but of course I'm overly anxious myself. So that's, uh, that's just who I am. But, but in terms of playing it safe in being anxious, because in, in a strange way, you know, those of us who are anxious have ancestors who are anxious all the way back to the Savannah, right? When we were just barely human, just, you know, uh, evolutionarily speaking. So those of us who were more or less willing to run away really fast at the first sign of trouble, whether or not that trouble was really there, those are the ones who survived and made babies. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so those anxious right. genes have come down in the generations. So um, yeah. no, there's, no, something no, there's, there's something there. I mean, I guess my, my overarching point is that, like, I understand how one can be a good person and still have these ridiculous thoughts. Or the, because I could justify the thought with videos I've seen, uh, people running around doing stuff. I can easily justify my fear of white dudes with crew cuts and pickup trucks. You know what I mean? Like I have more than enough evidence to back up why I would be, I was a rational person, be afraid of that. Hmm. I guess what I see though, is that if I stop to examine that thought, it's not actually okay. And even if it's accurate, it's still not okay. And we need to fix that problem. My, my the, the overarching thing is that I would wonder now that white people feel oppressed and feel like something's going on and that like the world is against them and all this stuff, why they don't, instead of going, this fucking sucks, we got to kill everybody else and fuck everybody else, why don't they go, oh, this must be how all those others felt all this time and now we understand it 
And because we can now understand it, maybe we can come to some kind of thing because we see how we made you guys feel this way. And now we feel this way. And there's there doesn't seem to be that understanding. Now, that doesn't mean that the liberals aren't actually doing things that make people feel that way. Do you know what I mean? But like, like I would wonder, like, what is that? I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Anger is easy and empathy is hard. Well, you're right about that. You're right about that. It's, that right. it's, it's the simple answer, but there you go. Yeah. All right. We should, we should wrap. We've been talking yeah, for man. anybody still hanging out here. They're probably <laughs> like, okay, fuckers, come on. Yeah. Now you're just uh, getting repetitive. Yeah. No, so, good to uh, talk to you, cats, man. I enjoy this. It's fun. Really fun. Good shit. Everybody yeah, themselves. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, I am at nathantimmel.com. Andrew. I am Andy, Andrew Hall. That's who I am. I have a blog on Pathos. It's called Laughing and Disbelief. I do funny satirical pieces. I make fun of a lot of people, mostly the Trump <laughs> these days. <laughs> what are you uh, gonna do now? What are you gonna do now that he's gone? Like, what are you gonna do? Like <laughs> I don't know, man. I think that well might be dry. And I also have a YouTube channel called Laughing and Disbelief, too, where I do some funny videos. And I co-host a morning show Monday through Friday from 9 till 10 a.m. And we talk about all kinds of political and atheist stuff. It's a lot of fun. There you go. Barrett. Um, or uh, Katie Henry Music, which is the band I'm in. And we have a, we're going in the studio very soon to record our second album. So I'm very excited. And we're playing theoretically uh, November 13th, this Friday at Bernie's Hillside Tavern. Uh, oh, around. Yeah, but I mean, the weather again might cancel it this week, but if the weather holds out, we'll be there. Uh, we'll be playing a couple sets. So come on down. I just got a gig uh, in Dubuque. So if you're anywhere near Dubuque, Iowa, look for the five seasons theater something five i forgot but i just got it a couple hours ago someone said i am so sick of not doing comedy or having any shows uh the day before thanksgiving is usually pretty good because everybody's trapped with their family and nobody wants to talk to them so dubuque five <laughs> seasons under, november 25th the day before thanksgiving uh i masks social distancing you know you you will be spread out you will be safe so there you go um, I, maybe we'll record next week and, and I'll have more information on it but this is a brand new development I'll actually be telling jokes alright anybody that's uh, here watching or listening thank you bye all yeah. good shit see you guys